Sonobi-san, good to talk to you. Thank you very much for joining me this morning. That's Tetsushi Sonobi, who is Dean of the Asian Development Bank Institute. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Uh, right now in Japan, not much movement in the stock market. The Nikkei 225 is flat. The SX200 in Australia, though, is surging ahead. It's up 1%. Similar story in South Korea. The Cosby there up just over 1% as well. Looks like the Hang Seng is probably going to add about 200 points at the open, which will take the index to just about above 24,800. And, of course, the big story in the markets today is gold. Gold is surging ahead even further here in Asia, currently trading now at $1,965 an ounce, a record high. Silver's also climbing as well. It's up over 4% now, trading at $25.56 a barrel. Uh, gold uh, Oil is a little bit firmer as well, at $44.09 a barrel. And the US dollar is continuing its falls in Asian trading this morning, following a big decline. Uh, in the US, it's at 105 and a quarter against the Japanese yen. We'll have plenty more market updates and business updates for you tomorrow morning, so do please join me at 8 o'clock for, for Money Talk. Stay tuned for Back Chat with Hugh Chiverton and Ada Wong. The weather forecast mainly fine, one or two showers, isolated thunderstorms at first. Uh, it's going to be very hot during the day. The very hot weather warning is in force. It will be still very hot tomorrow. The showers are going to increase gradually and there'll be thunderstorms in the following few days. 30 degrees right now, 80% relative humidity. 8.31, here's Samantha Butler with the Half Hour News. The chairman of the Lang Kwai Fong Group says thousands of restaurants could close if the government's ban on dining in continues for more than three weeks. After reporting 145 new coronavirus cases yesterday, the government announced its strictest measures yet, which include restaurants only serving takeaways, the wearing of face masks both indoors and outdoors, and banning public gatherings of more than two people. Alan Zeman says 10% of the bars and restaurants in the Lang Kwai Fong area have already closed down amid the pandemic. If it goes more than a month, you might have close to five or 6,000 restaurants possibly having to close down. And talking about uh, as much as $7 billion Hong Kong dollars in August alone, if that happens, the government will have to step up with subsidies, maybe $8 billion, something like that, and subsidies again to help the industry. Otherwise, you're going to have a lot more unemployment. New Zealand has suspended its extradition agreement with Hong Kong. Foreign Affairs Minister Winston Peters also said New Zealand will treat military and dual-use goods and technology exports to Hong Kong in the same way as it treats those exports to mainland China. Mr Peters said travel advice had been updated to alert New Zealanders to the risks presented by the new national security law that Beijing imposed on Hong Kong. New research has shown how the COVID-19 crisis is seriously worsening the nutrition of children in developing countries. The medical journal The Lancet says an extra 6.7 million children under five could now be at risk of wasting a form of malnutrition that puts them at greater risk of stunted development or dying. Here's the BBC's Naomi Grimley. This Lancet analysis suggests that the prevalence of wasting amongst children under the age of five could increase by more than 14% in developing countries, mainly in sub-Saharan Africa and South Asia. That's because the havoc wreaked by COVID-19 has seen supply chains disrupted, nutrition programmes halted and food prices leap. UN agencies, including UNICEF and the World Health Organization, say more money is needed or this problem could translate into more than 10,000 additional child deaths a month. You're listening to the news on RTHK.
Good morning and welcome to Bank Chat. I'm Hugh Chewett and your co-host today is Ada Wong. Ada, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. As you probably know by now, the government has announced a new round of virus control measures. New arrangements include limiting the number of public gatherings to only two people, a full-day ban on eating in restaurants and mandatory mask wearing in outdoor areas. The new measures will take effect from tomorrow and will last for at least seven days. What do you make of these measures? Are they reasonable? Are they practical? We'll also be discussing the impacts of the virus on old people. Why are outbreaks now happening in old age homes and how do we stop them? After nine, we're talking about politics. How LegCo candidates are being screened by returning officers. Will that vetting be fair? How many are likely to be disqualified? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, backchat at rthk.hk, or you can give us a call on our telephone number. is 233-88266. is the number. Uh, a couple of emails first uh, related to uh, our first topic today. First of all, Bowen says, uh, regarding, this is in dis- relation to uh, uh, a discussion yesterday, regarding Mike's point about the importance of the R factor, i.e. the effective reproduction rate. Professor Gabriel Lang explained over the weekend that the time is going that the time it is going to take for the level of infection to come down to the original level before it started exceeding one will be three to seven times the length compared to the time it took for the level of infection to reach the peak after the R factor exceeded one. He was trying to assure the community that though we have started imposing stricter measures again, it will take time for the level of infection to come down. So please don't think that what we're doing now is useless. That was his message. That comes from uh, Bowen. And uh, Tony says, uh, unfortunately, there are more exemptions at our borders than there are in the English language. Most of the aircraft and ship crews are immune, no pun intended. Also, will you all consider having your lunch in the Lion Rock Country Park? Apparently, it's a good idea. Keep up the good work. Uh, and uh, more comments on our Facebook page as well, which uh, you can see on, on that question of uh, uh, where to eat jeans, as if there's no lockdown and all the, uh, and all the restaurants close. Uh, what will happen is the people who have to work now all need to eat takeaway in the tea room or common room. Do I need to mention how crowded that will be? And they can't even eat in the park or open space because they're all closed. TC says, Matthew Chung's answer that dining restriction doesn't apply to country parks is amazing. Does he even know what he's saying? Do working people have the time to go to the country parks uh, to eat? Uh, and uh, more comments there on Facebook as well. Well, joining us now for the first part of the programme, uh, we have Dr Alvin Chan, a council member of the Hong Kong Medical Association, Dr Henry Yang, president of the Hong Kong Doctors' Union, and Dr Shetak Ming, a specialist in geriatric medicine. Uh, Dr Chan, maybe we'll start with you. Alvin Chan, good morning to you. Yes, good morning. Uh, what, what do you make of these new measures? I mean, are they, are they, are they useful, but also are they, do you think they have public support? Well, I think these measures are useful in limiting the spread of the uh, coronavirus in the community. And, uh, of course, uh, the most important thing is that the loophole on the exemption of uh, testing for those uh, uh, seafarers, uh, air crew, and other people, uh, the 33 types of people, exempted from testing, loophole is closed, and that is important. For the new measures just announced, I will think that uh, they, are, they are useful in a way, but of course Hong Kong people have to get adapted to these uh, stricter measures, but then uh, I think for the good of the whole community of Hong Kong, that is important. And I think um, 
some controversial points, of course. Some people would think that um, uh, exemption only for those uh, under two, for those um, uh, mandatory masking measures, um, indoor and outdoor public areas. So uh, only uh, reasonable excuse would be a medical condition otherwise. So uh, people have to stop smoking if they uh, go outdoor. Um, that is a big change to those smokers, you understand. And uh, I think the government should have thought about this before making the sue. And uh, they had a goodwill that hope, hoping the smokers could take this opportunity to stop smoking. And um, I think the other measures are... Um, Say, uh, violators will be subject to a maximum penalty of $5,000. Um, this could be um, uh, strong enough as a penalty at uh, deterring people from violating the rules. Um, I guess um, we have to adapt to uh, not eat in the restaurants while we still have to work. So all have to buy out and eat in our own offices, etc. So I think um, the government might have to consider about um, advising home offices for most um, treats and uh, civil services, mm. except those uh, necessary um, civil services or medical services. And uh, otherwise, people have to go to work and have to eat outside, then um, unless they carry their own lunch boxes. So I think that's one uh, our citizens also have to adapt to the new rules. Yes. Um, yeah. Dr. Chan, a lot of people say that these rules are very unsympathetic to um, the grassroots workers. For example, construction site workers, they have to continue to work and they don't really have anywhere to eat nowadays. Uh, now that the Cha Chan Ting are closed, they can buy a takeout, a takeaway lunchbox, but then all the parks are closed. Uh, so they, they really have to sit um, at the roadside uh, and eat their lunch. And then they probably can't smoke at the end of the lunch. Is this a bit too much? And um, not everybody has an air-conditioning, air-conditioned uh, office to go back to. Well, I think uh, for the construction workers, I'm fully sympathetic as well. Yeah, but then uh, for the good of the whole Hong Kong, if now it's so imminent danger that we are all placed in. So I think everyone has to sacrifice a little bit. Uh, it is perhaps a bit more sacrifice for those construction workers, perhaps, then I, I think uh, as, a, as a rule, uh, you can't have too many exemptions. Um, that's what I think the difficulties that the government officials are facing. So uh, anyway, they work in places uh, uh, with no air conditioning. So I think uh, eating not in an air-conditioned place uh, is not really something different from their working environment all along. Uh, but then I, I really appreciate uh, the difficulties uh, they are facing. But then this is the sacrifice every citizen then has to make a little bit. And uh, on the other hand, I, I think um, uh, the most important thing is that we can still have the leisure time during the lunch hour. And that is most important, I think. Um, Every citizen in Hong Kong should emphasize um, our own mental health. This is now uh, the most important thing because under the big stress and 
with uh, the huge um, uh, uh, threat from the uh, pandemic and the mortality is going to get into if we all uh, had a flare-up of this uh, pandemic, then our lives will be jeopardized. So we are facing this danger. And in that case, we should have uh, mental relaxation and uh, people should be um, advised on how to keep ourselves uh, relaxed and um, so not to be so tense and, um, uh, I mean, uh, almost anxious, panicky or depressed. And that is more important, I think. Okay. Uh, Dr. Young, Henry Young, good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. Your your thoughts on on the latest measures? I think uh, these measures we we all welcome. I think uh, we respect those who have uh, who have been uh, helpful and uh, uh, strong uh, in following the rules of the of the of the government uh, in, of uh, measures imposed by the government. I think with the increasing number of uh, affected patients, the government has no choice but to increase the measures so as to keep the social distancing. I think in this virus war, we have to satisfy uh, everybody has to sacrifice something to, to, to fight together. I think uh, uh, we have to keep the social distancing, social distancing in a very strict way, so that um, we can uh, avoid avoid the virus spread. Uh, now the measures uh, escalated. I I think this is a good good way to go. But I'm what I'm worried about is, is burning is about the lab return time is too 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 long, and the patient the 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 the, the, uh, the confirmed patient of the COVID patient has to stay at home uh, for a few days before they are transferred to hospital. That we are worrying about the few days when he has to stay in, at home. Previously, those being a, a confirmed case would be admitted to the hospital right away within one day. Now they have to wait for two to three days, and this and during this few days, the patients have no hope because... Sorry, are they... Are, are they, 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 they wh- why, the immunity may get, they get back. They yeah, they why, are they, why are they waiting? Sorry, sorry, Dr. Young. It may get worse. We are thinking of whether we can impose some sort of home treatment, whether by Western medicine or Chinese medicine can do. We can uh, impose uh, the treatment and then uh, help him to free up the immunity before he, they, he is admitted to the hospital. Uh, according to the university uh, colleagues, they say that treatment within the first week is very important in Hong Kong. It will decrease the mortality. After one week, the mortality will increase dramatically. Okay, uh, well, why is there, there that, that delay? Is that because the hospitals are full up? Or why do people have to wait before admission? We can ask the hospital authority and uh, if I have on that, I'm not, I'm not the, the okay. authority. Mm. Dr. Young, is it... Um Right, or is it fine for uh, people with the mild symptoms, uh, confirmed cases of mild symptoms, uh, stay somewhere else uh, and not in the hospitals? Uh, as in, as in everywhere else, uh, I know in the UK and the USA, uh, there's a lot of um, uh, community care, and people can actually stay at home without infecting their family members. Uh, but if there are mild cases, they don't really need to have a negative pressure hospital room. I agree. I'm near Mountain. I think I think if the condition is getting worse and worse, I think that's a one one possible solution. Now now still there are hospitals, beds, and isolation centers that we should keep on doing that before we hope the last resort. Anyway, uh, I I think we have to to 
to say that the experts believe that even if you have low symptoms, you have to have the treatment started right away and to keep the virus low, uh, uh, to, to keep down the virus low so that the patients will not infect his close contacts. Okay, we're also joined by Dr. Shay Tatming, a specialist in geriatric medicine. Good morning yes. to you. Yes. Thank you very much so, indeed for, for, for joining us now. Uh, pre- previously in, in Hong Kong, uh, we, we had no outbreak. Uh, we had no cases recorded in, in uh, elderly care homes, and it was something that we were very proud of, I think. Um, now it seems that the care homes are being affected by large numbers of, of cases being recorded, and very sadly, of course, deaths as well of some uh, elderly people. What's happened? Why, why has it got into these care homes? Uh, actually, this is not... Uh, this is under our expectation because uh, in the those age homes is very densely populated. In the past past years, there's a lot of uh, influenza inside the home, so the infection control is very important in the in the age homes. However, in this uh, under this uh, this uh, coronavirus infection, a lot of the virus are introduced from the staff or visitors into the age home. Uh, so so this is very so if the staff are. are uh, the infection control measure is not good enough, so it's very easy to introduce the virus to the, to the elderly. And the second is the, the elder, those older patients, we found that are more vulnerable to the infection because from the data from the China and the, and the Europe, we found that those over 65 have high mortality. The, the usually the older, the worse. So the mortality is up to 20%. So because uh, we found that the, the, those with diabetes, diabetes, chronic lung disease, cardiovascular disease, they have very high mortality. So so, so it's very vulnerable. So we need to take care of those, uh, look after those uh, older patients in the, the age home. Um, Dr. Shea, I remember uh, quite clearly that uh, visitors were not allowed into the care homes during the first wave and the second wave. Uh, was it really because of the relaxation that visitors were allowed, or even uh, the age home, um, um, yes. the, the old people, yeah, they, they could yeah, actually go down to the community and buy a bowl of congee? That's how it all started, right? Yes, you are right. Because after the relaxation, the visitors are allowed to visit the old patients. But sometimes this is a say, dilemma. Those old patients are socially isolated. They are just inside the home, and the family outside. So they have difficulty to, to see the to see the relative or to be visited by the relative. So maybe their their the beloved one. So sometimes uh, in we H home we don't have any say uh, video conferencing or so that the 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 uh, the, the, old, the older in the in the bed can communicate with their relative at home. So if we have those electronic device or the facilities, I think there's a better um, a, Mm-hmm. 
Okay, some uh, thoughts uh, from listeners. Backchat at rthk.hk is our uh, email address. All our phone lines are uh, busy uh, at the moment. Uh, some, uh, what you might call pushback, I guess, from, from uh, the public on, on, on some of these uh, measures. Uh, John in Sai Kung uh, quotes uh, an RTHK report. Uh, Tommy Chung of the Liberal Party said the unfortunate thing we, we were, was that we were doing our best in the last two weeks to help the government to contain the virus so you don't see any outbreaks in our restaurants. So we were basically very disappointed that the government had in fact included us and chopped off our lunch and sit down and not allowed us to do it, Chung said. And uh, John in response says, in your RTHK report, Tommy Chung blatantly lying was reported. Eateries have been one of the largest epicenters. Why do you let people and politicians get away with lying? Uh, Rick says, uh, if those idiots think I'm wearing a mask while hiking in this heat, they can go take a hike. Stupid restrictions that are in the main unenforceable. How to finish off the economy, plan C. That comes uh, from Rick. Uh, Jay says, have the government manufacture plastic visors on special hats specifically for eating in bars and restaurants. Visors stop droplets. Not having restaurants is killing the economy and destroying the poor. And we need another 10k payout because the government doesn't get it. The poor can't live on thin air. Uh... Dr. Uh, Dr. Chan, some you know reaction there from from people who are who are unhappy. How do you think the government can uh, on on the question say of uh, exercising the role of restaurants and so on? How do you think the government can win people over? Yes, I I, I do sympathise on uh, all those uh, dropping people and doing uh, exercises. I think uh, first of all we might have to. Um, Follow the examples of those uh, in, in, in the media that have been uh, circulating that uh, we do the exercise at home, uh, running around uh, in our own premises. Of course, that is uh, very dull and dumb. But then um, if we really want to have the health get back um, in this society, um, at least I think the government set these measures uh, for a uh, short period only, uh, one or two weeks, then uh, I hope that we can resume the exercising uh, without mass uh, soon. And also uh, hiking. Um, I, I think uh, it's, it seems quite difficult uh, or unreasonable to those hikers all along with the fresh air in the, uh, on the mountains. How come that we need to uh, have the uh, mask on? So again, I think uh, for 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 the sake of uh, implementation of the rules, the government perhaps find it difficult to have too many exemptions now. So I, I think um, perhaps we have to endure a week or two with these measures. And uh, while we are having uh, the uh, physically um, uh, demanding or strenuous exercises, I think it is not quite uh, feasible to put a mask on. That is really true. Uh, so perhaps uh, for the recent uh, two weeks, then those uh, training for those uh, competitive sports might have to uh, really suspend uh, a little bit. So uh, I think uh, mental health is still what I am stressing. Uh, to be happy and to find way out, to be positive, forward-looking, uh, these are the mental aspects that we have to emphasize. Uh, I, I know that uh, everybody uh, might have uh, some complaints, uh, how to implement these rules on my own uh, lifestyle, in my own uh, perspective. 
So, but uh, perhaps now we have to think more about the community um, over the individual's rights. Uh, so I, I hope we all are forward-looking, uh, saying that um, uh, now the, I, I, can, I, I can share something with you. So far, uh, out of the 37,000 people tested uh, as, as a screening for those uh, high-risk, four high-risk groups, only eight cases were confirmed. And then also for yesterday's data, you know, out of um, those reported uh, confirmed cases, uh, that's a record high, 143. But then for those um, uh, just preliminary uh, positive cases, only 60. Now that is a drop from the previous few days, over 100 of those preliminary uh, tested confirmed uh, cases. Dr. Chen, right? how, 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 do you, how, how do you make sense of this? Uh, we are not really closing our borders. There are 33 exemptions, as you, as you said. Oh. Uh, so while we are suffering all these inconveniences, which we can bear, um, should the government do more in closing our borders? Um, I think uh, they have made a step forward to um, stop the... Um, uh, air crew or the seamen, the, uh, the virus, uh, uh, to enter the city. They have to wait for the results now, testing, uh, no more exemptions. And uh, this is the first step. And then those um, drivers delivering goods and foods from mainland China to and fro uh, Hong Kong and the mainland, these drivers, they, they um, perhaps um, are not really uh, tested. Um, uh, everyone, and uh, perhaps they are thinking of ways to deal with this big group of uh, people. And then, of course, their excuse. I mean, the government uh, explained that uh, so far, uh, uh, luckily, no cases uh, really strike us um, from these um, truck drivers. But who knows in the in in the future? So we still have to pluck these loopholes. I agree with you. Okay, some, some more uh, thoughts from uh, listeners. Uh, Jay says, even outside at Yamcha and Dim Sum, we see many old people with a mask at the bottom of their face, talking, smoking. They don't fully understand why you should wear a mask. The mask keeps virus in and virus out. Uh, Rick says, exercise in flats. What planet are you on? Uh, uh, George says, uh, in reference to the harsher measures the government are putting into place, these are only half measures and not thought through as usual. What about the Hong Kong people travelling on public transport? Has anyone who makes these decisions travelled lately on the MTR or a public bus during rush hours? Everything being done is not completely thought through. Lots of time has been wasted. The outcome is just going to get worse, not better in the short term. It's a typical Hong Kong government reaction. Always too late. That comes from uh, George. And uh, David points us to... The uh, advice from the uh, WHO, uh, which is uh, people should not wear masks when exercising, as masks may reduce the ability to breathe comfortably. Spread, sweat can make the mask become wet, which makes it more difficult to breathe and promotes the growth of microorganisms. Uh, the most important preventive measure during exercise is to maintain physical distance of at least one metre from others. That actually is the advice from the uh, WHO. That's uh, uh, interesting. Uh, wh what about the issue of, of transport? Henry Young, yeah, I mean, everyone's on the MTR, everyone's still on buses, or a lot of people are there, but I guess that's just part of the economy, isn't it? We need that to, to keep keep people working at all. Yeah, it's a, it's a transport stop, and uh, there's a, a 
a good chance of decreasing the infection, but this, this means a lockdown of the whole city. But that I, I think we and the government cannot afford to do that for the time being. Uh, anyway, uh, the government has, has urged and has admitted that they had missed a stick on giving exemptions already. So this time, uh, you cannot make, make any mistakes by giving exemptions. So, so every one of us has to satisfy something. Uh, even for the for the public transport, that will be to the last resort, I think. And uh, for the time being, uh, we have to deal with this uh, sort of measures again to see the response. I think the the government will be seeing the response, and if the cases still escalate, then they they will impose more stringent measures again. Mm. Uh, Doctor Sher, what can um, old age homes do? Uh, well, they are definitely improving their hygiene, but what else could they do for their, you know, elderly? Very briefly. I think the, the most, the, the first is the general measure, the other is the specific measure. The general measure is we all know that all those staff should be put on masks, very strict for infection, and the home managers should have the strict control of the staff to see whether any fever or any, uh, uh, any, any sign of infections inside the home. This is a very important their, their precautions. This, this, the other is that in case there's a fever, so we need to evacuate the home because no, those homes are not ideal isolation facilities. They're, they're very easy to spread the virus. So in case there's a fever or there's an infection or outbreak or small outbreak, we, we need to evacuate all the all these age home staff, age home clients to a place, say in hospital or say in Fengchang Hospital, so, so so that they, they can be observed okay. or well, avoid spread of the we're out of time. Dr. Sher, thank you very much indeed. Shea Tatming, specialist in geriatric medicine. Dr. Henry Young from the uh, Doctors' Union, president and council member of the Medical Association, Alvin Chan. Uh, back with more politics after the news at nine. Is at the Harvard Medical School looked at a group of American women smokers between the ages of 30 and 60. They had a sevenfold risk if they also had chronic high blood pressure. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. This is Fact Chat on a Tuesday morning with Ada Wong and me, Hugh Chiverton. We were talking about the latest COVID-19 measures, public health measures, in the first part of the programme. We're going to talk about politics uh, between now and about 9.30, round about 9.30, uh, in particular the screening of uh, LegCo candidates, which is uh, now underway. Uh, uh, will that be fair? How many are likely to be uh, disqualified? Uh, what should the uh, standards be? Uh, we're joined now by Alan Lung, who's the Governor of the Path of Democracy, and Chunking Deputy Executive Director of the Hong Kong Public Opinion Research Institute. Uh, if you want to comment, as ever, you can call us on 233-88266. You can go to our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, backchat at rthk.hk. Short messages are preferred, please, otherwise I will may have to edit for length. Uh, on Facebook, you can see also see some pictures, some pictures that uh, Nig has taken of uh, people on uh, South Bay Beach, uh, or some or on a beach on Hong Kong Island South, um, having broken through the barriers on the beaches and swimming. Uh, Matthew is also uh, comments there. He's unhappy about uh, our, our discussion with uh, Malik Paris. You can uh, follow his links there. Uh, and uh, further comment as well. Uh, also one from from Tom. 
uh, on uh, this second half uh, uh, theme. Uh, Tom says, Dear LegCo candidates, you seem set to make anti-government statements and support the five demands, and this means you will not be permitted to run. And then we will have no one to be able to support protecting the environment and fighting corruption and providing a voice for the people for many issues that would help Hong Kongers. After the NSL, why do you choose extremism? Do you believe Trump and Pompeo will launch an invasion, grant Hong Kong independence, and you'll be crowned as the founding fathers like modern-day George Washingtons? That comes uh, from uh, Tom. And just on the uh, topic of our first part of the programme, G says, on exercise, it's detrimental to health to require people exercising outdoors to wear a mask given the heat. Sure, the only rule required is to exercise social distancing and not to talk when uh, exercising. And uh, Peter T says, uh, a public gathering of more than two people uh, is pure tautology. So much for local adherence to the English language. Does it make any more sense in Chinese? That comes uh, from uh, Peter. And uh, uh, one more comment from uh, Tony, who says, the guys who made these rules are in a bubble. They're chauffeured everywhere. The NSL has given them a taste of complete power. Martin uh, says, Wow, so many pan-democratic LegCo candidates and Joshua Wong turn out to be real shapeshifters. They can become whoever, you, whatever you want them to be as long as they can keep their LegCo salary, allowances and political influence. Just recently, they begged the US to enact the uh, uh, Hong Kong RDA and implement sanctions against China and Hong Kong and lobbied other Western countries to follow suit. Today, a U-turn declaring they will no longer demand US sanctions, which means they don't even want to own up to their own political convictions and platform, which they are ready to abandon on a dime. What about the damage they've caused to Hong Kong and many innocent citizens through their actions and support of the riots and destruction earlier? Um, uh, Andrew Kay says, Benny Tai, complete hypocrite, his chosen path is the law. Uh, and on Joshua Wong, Andrew Kay says, I see from South China Morning Post, he will say anything to get elected. What a coward he is. He expects the voters to believe anything he says. Loser. Is it true that after dissolving his political party, he just pocketed the cash that had been donated to it? Is that legal? That comes from Andrew Kay. Yeah, with us is Chung Kim Wah, Deputy Chief Executive Officer of the Hong Kong Public Opinion Research Institute. Uh, Dr. Chung, um, let's uh, start with you. Uh, wh what do you make of um, these uh, recent letters uh, by the um, returning officer? Uh, in particular, um, these letters were issued over the weekend and the candidates uh, only have 24 hours or less to respond. I think the intention of the government has been quite clear uh, from the very beginning because uh, it seems that the government wanted to take every measures to prevent the uh, target of the pandemic to be to be really uh, actualized. So start from the beginning, I I I'm aware that the Secretary for uh, General Affairs and Ministry Affairs has worked out the intention very clearly. And in recent days, uh, when you look into the question raised by those returning officers, it seems that they are they are just making making rationales for them to discretionally satisfy their decision afterward to disqualify some candidates to prevent the pandemic from entering the, the campaign even before the campaign has started. So I think uh, 
it would be uh, totally unfair. And we all understand quite well that this exercise of discretional power of the return officers is quite arbitrary in, in, in essence because uh, there is no clear boundary and no clear bar, guideline for the officers to do so. Uh, by raising questions on your loyalty to basic law, by raising questions on your support to the uh, national security law, all these could make up reasons for the government to do something afterwards. So I think this is a, a signal that the coming up election of the LESCO will not be a fair one. And the aftermath of that will be quite, quite, quite I think, is, uh, will be, will be uh, destroying the credibility of the government further. Uh, and, um, uh, I mean, from your perspective, uh, do, do you think that most of the Plan A uh, pan-democrats uh, candidates uh, will be disqualified at the end? I think uh, many, especially those youngsters who are more aggressive towards the government and, and voicing out their, their intention to, to make use of the landscape as a platform to extend their, their the antagonism against the society, against China, is going to be the target of this uh, round of disqualification. So they are in high risk of being disqualified. And I think at the end, government is going to calculate to make sure that uh, the, 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 those who are, who, are, who are having the chance to win the election uh, against some establishment candidate will be more likely to be disqualified because they want to set up a very favorable atmosphere for the action campaign of the pro-institution so that the government could secure uh, let's go, which is supporting the government. And, and you think we can still go to the polls on 6th of September? Uh, I think uh, some people will say that uh, maybe we should, we should consider to postpone the election, but I think uh, that kind of uh, suggestion is not going to have any meaningful effect because uh, it is not likely that uh, the election atmosphere will change after six months or one year. And to postpone the election of ASCO is a very important and significant uh, institu institutional effect on the government. So uh, the problem created will be more than the problem we could solve. So I think I don't think that the government will postpone the election, but rather to make the election more favorable to the pro-establishment will be a more meaningful choice for government. Uh, you, you say it's arbitrary, but there are some things which are fairly clear, surely, and would be clear uh, almost anywhere. And one of those things is asking a foreign country to to uh, punish your own country, to institute sanctions and uh, and so on. Um, how can that be possibly be compatible with a, uh, you know, with any sort of sense of community, any sort of sense of national responsibility? But of course, uh, uh, we know that uh, for uh, for Monaco, it's quite reasonable and quite 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 expect expectable that some people with different opinion will come up to to represent different different sector of the society. So by saying that you are not loyal enough to the basic law, you are not supporting the national security law, it's not a good reason for the executive to make the first round screening before the voter can make a decision. Uh, if that is possible, then the, then some people in the society will not be adequately represented in the logical, and that would damage the 
compatibility and the political compatibility of the electrical and making it easy for the government to do something at a while. But it is going to destroy the overall credibility and political credibility of the government at last. So I, I don't think this is a very good move. We also know that this, this power for the returning officer to disqualify some people is not well grounded in, in, in law. That is a, a, a kind of arbitrary exercise of executive power uh, to have to achieve some political ends. So this is well, surely the courts have decided that, in fact, it is legitimate. That's been... Of course. As long as the person has a right of reply, then then, then it is uh, allowed. That's, that's the ruling but, but of the courts. But we know that there is no clear boundary and no clear guideline for the return officer to, 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 to make decisions. Say, for example, when Joshua Wong, last year, he ran for the DDC, but after several rounds of questioning, the returning officer is not, was not willing to disqualify her entire seems that. And so the government just, just changed the returning officer. So it is quite 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 arbitrary. It, it means that different returning officer will, will make clearly different decisions towards a single candidate. So this this implies that there is no clear boundary and no clear guideline for the government to do that. This is merely a political in, in, in clarification. Okay. Uh, Alan Long, good morning to you. Morning. Do you agree with what Chung Kingwan was saying then? Oh, I, I agree with part of it that many of them will be disqualified, whether it's arbitrary or not. I, I think these returning officers are selected, I think they, they select them carefully. They're AO, you know, they will stick by the uh, the rules, the new rules that, that has been imposed to really to, to, I mean, from the Chinese perspective, to eliminate those who go out and, uh, you know, uh, talk against Hong Kong. I think a lot of them will be disqualified. I'm not following how many were questioned. I get that about 12. I hope not all of them are disqualified. I hope just some of them will be disqualified. And this is happening. Um, who, who decides on the sum, Alan? Uh, some are disqualified, some are allowed to run. Well, obvi obviously, the election officers. Ob election officers have the power under the current rule. And they, the candidates are allowed to, uh, I think, to uh, do JR. But that, you know, as in recent case, it, it, JR doesn't come out of the two or three years. So... I mean, they they are they are allowed to to uh, to uh, to uh, contest that in court. And the court will rule at the end if that is legal or not legal. Is that that? And this is why they they have sort of straightened up straightened up their their procedure and letting every candidate to reply in writing. And based on those writings, uh, that becomes evidence whether they they should be qualified to run or not. And this is reality that. You know, after national security law, there should be no no illusion that that NSL was not designed to you know eliminate those people. Is this a crucial power being wielded uh, in a kind of arbitrary way by these people who aren't even legal experts? They're just administrators. Well, this is a system. The yeah. AOs, the AOs are are, are not legal experts, but. They, they. I think they are legal literate, and they, they will, they will, they will do things according to their rule. You know, they have 
family city, the job to protect, and they are quite reliable from a government's report. Okay, Richard in an email says the role of the returning officer is becoming infinite. Who knows what gun is held to their head? They will aim to please. Guess who? I doubt there is independent, impartial thinking. The questions themselves betray the intent. There should only be one fair question. Are you willing to swear an oath of allegiance to Hong Kong and accept the basic law? The basic law is ambiguous enough with double speak of high levels of autonomy, so leave it there. The more carries goons probe the minds of the candidates, the more decent people will be reviled by a whole new layer on the cake that is phony democracy. That comes from uh, Richard. Are these, are these uh, you know, uh, politically neutral civil servants who are giving an impartial uh, assessment of the intentions of the candidates, or are they just doing exactly what they're told they, by Beijing? They, they're just doing their job, you know. Just spare them and don't don't. Well, you know, no, sort of is their job? Them. I mean, what's their job? Um, their their job is doing what the liaison office tells them to do, is it? Their job is tell is to do what their superior tell, tells them to do. So they are not and, the decision makers, right, Alan? I'm sure. Whatever the the the, uh, the uh, evidence or things they collected is sort of vetted upwards from the uh, by the administration, but don't rely on on uh, you know if if you push if you sort of try to single out the election the election officer, that's not the way to do it. And listen to what Lao Tzu Kai said, and Lao Tzu Kai said in in uh, in the press that. It, 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 he said that the question, returning question is not even the center of things. Uh, they will look at their, their other records, their, what they said in, in Facebook and, and so, so and, and uh, what they said before. And this is reality, and based on that, and some of those decisions will be very subjective, based on what they always said before. They cannot be, pers- they cannot be prosecuted under the national security law, but what they said what they said before national security law was enacted will have an implication on whether they are allowed to run or not. This is reality. I'm not, I'm not defending the government. I'm just saying this is you know, the reality we're dealing with. And I'm, I'm hoping that you know, the traditional party pandemics, like the civic party guys and, and so on, they won't be eliminated. Chunking Wa, uh, it is a reality. The, the national security law is is part is on our statute books. Uh, it's a reality in Hong Kong, and a part of that part of that reality is that people have to give give an oath to uphold the basic law and swear allegiance to uh, to the SAR uh, in in accordance with the law. And if someone like Joshua Wong refuses to do that, well, there's no way that he can become a legislator. Sure. What's the confusion? But, 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 but the problem is, you know, this reality is. Uh, it depends on what what target is the government trying to achieve at this round of the election. So when the government wanted to prevent some people from entering the LACHCO to make sure that the LACHCO is going to be supporting the government in the next four years, it is likely to do something arbitrary and not really, or clearly not impartial to disqualify some people who are representing a particular sector of the society. And you know, this is a kind of arbitrary power. There is no clear guideline for this year. They may say that whether you support the national law is a very essential element for them to consider. But 
maybe next year another another red light will be drawing up so that never no one really know what are, what is going to be the reality uh, for the next six months or for the next year. This is this is going to be a problem when there is no clear rule and guideline for the society to follow. And when the government is doing something so arbitrary without any any immediate check for them to to restrain the, their their power, it is going to damage the trust in the society and it damage the the credibility of the system as a whole. So this is the real problem. When no one believes that the electrical is going to represent the society, everyone is going to go out against the society. I think the reality. I think the reality is, if you keep testing Beijing's deadlines, and this is what you get. Nobody wants to see the national security law imposed in this way. And this is this national security law is in many ways hurting Hong Kong. I think in many ways has gone overboard. But this is reality. You keep testing Beijing. This is what you get. Doctor Chong, keep changing. This reality keep changing. So this is not the reality. This is some some make up some make up situation for us to face in every in every round of election. If the reality is that clear, then no one will will doubt it. the government is creating a new new set of guidelines, red lines, or or forbidden area. The reality is never known. Right, um, Dr. Chong. Uh, but on the other hand, um, you know, the candidates, if they want to hold on to their candidacy, they will also have to make U-turns, so they change as well. For example, Joshua Wong said he will pledge um, to stop asking U.S. and other countries for sanctions um, against China. Um, is this a credible answer uh, to the returning officer? Whether, whether the returning officer believes uh, the candidate or sorry chunking well sorry we we seem to have a problem with uh uh with your phone line something quite odd yeah carry on yeah 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 and we 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 know that several years back when Zhao Ting, uh Christopher Zhao uh she ran for by election. Uh, the same problem also arises because uh, there is no clear area and no clear guideline. So this is just making a platform or some reason for the government to satisfy its political decision at the end. This is really political and, and not uh, not a very well received reality for the for the for the whole society. This is just a just a situation created by society by the by the by the, by the government at this round of election. So this is the real problem. Uh, Andrew Kay in an email says, why would anyone vote for someone who promises to block the work of government and pay them $100,000 a, a month to do it? Uh, Chunking Wah, the, the plan, the stated plan by Benny Tai and, and others uh, is to uh, to dominate the Legislative Council and then paralyse the, the administration to vote down everything uh, proposed by the government and to block the work of the uh, government. Um, why are you surprised? Why are you acting surprised that the government doesn't want that to happen and will uh, also use legal means uh, to stop that happening? But you know, uh, they, they are watching our highs on this. But, but, but in reality, all opposition in the last 20 or 30 years 
uh, when they enter the Let's Go, they have to be accountable to the public. They have to react to public demand. So all people, all parties, when they when they when they raise the first op- opposition parties and to and to win the election, when they enter the Let's Go, they have to compromise and they have to learn to work together with the gov- government so as to achieve some policy and and to make the society operating just in this normal way. So I think what is saying at this round, of course, uh, we don't want anybody to paralyze the, the society. But really, really, I think many people really want to have some people to check on the abuse of power from the government. So this kind of thing is just a, just a slogan. But whether they would do that is another other question. If they are doing that uh, under the normal procedure, uh, that means the government is really doing something, something well to make this uh, action uh, being supported by the public for them to do that. Um, Ellen Long, uh, you know, this grilling over loyalty to Hong Kong, etc., is not just happening to uh, uh, geographical constituencies, it's also functional constituencies. For example, Kenneth Leung, of the, uh, a candidate now for the accountancy uh, functional constituency, also got such a letter. And we also saw a, a very abrupt change of the returning officer um, from one AO to another. What, what do you make of that? I think Kenneth Leung will handle this very well. I think uh, he's a, exactly the kind of legislator we want to keep. And, you know, these, these are the people. He's one of the moderates, real moderates, uh, uh, amongst the pandemocrats, the professional guild or something, this, this group of seven. And that group is disbanding. I think this, the, the radicals, in, in reality, the radicals, the deep yellow, is fighting the, the radicals the really deep blues in Hong Kong, and the and the re, the and the, uh, the, ra- the radical uh, nationalists in Beijing, and that if that fight keeps going going on, Hong Kong becomes ungovernable. And uh, Dr. Chung said, "You know, what is the purpose of of, uh, of a government doing this? From a government viewpoint, certainly they want to run Hong Kong properly for people's life, livelihoods, economic development." If someone promised to go into LegCo really to disrupt, and that is, I think, from the government views, government viewpoints, and particularly from Beijing's Beijing's viewpoint, after seeing the uh, the uh, anti uh, the the riots on the street, and and they, they they are clamping down, no question about it. I think they have overdone it, but this is, as I said, this is real life, real politics. Okay, uh, Andy in an email says the power of the returning officer to DQ candidates invented out of thin air in 2016. There should be legislation uh, on this subject. And Andy also says Article 23 brackets 2 of the National Security Law prohibits interference in disruption, undermining performance of duties and functions by the body of power of the SAR. Under basic law, body of power includes LegCo. Returning officer disqualifying candidates may breach national security law. Uh, that comes uh, from uh, Andy. Andy, I can't see that. In, I had a quick look and I can't see Article 
23 doesn't seem relevant uh, and there isn't two parts to that so I'm not sure what you're referring to there maybe that's a different article uh, you had in mind uh, Jay says Carrie told everyone that the new laws would affect only a few elements in society but as we see these politics are getting to everyone's life we don't even have the freedom to vote for the proper candidates because they will be disqualified she is not true to her words that comes uh, from uh, Jay and uh, this is from Alan, uh, who says, uh, it's clear the government wants to disqualify any Democrat using pretext from the NSL, even though the supposed offences would be retrospective. Uh, even more paradoxically, they want to disqualify on the grounds that members plan to oppose government legislation. Just declare Hong Kong a one-party state now, if that is the rule. That comes uh, from Alan. Um, uh, Alan Long, you know, is there a possibility that you would... Uh, they would people would consider or the government could consider voting against a government policy as subverting the work of the administration or or something like that there's so much power under the nsl um basically they could they could stifle any dissent at all couldn't they well i mean, i i i i don't think that that is the intention if you fight the government with good policy with good alternative policy that would that you know they keep saying the the word that is being used in Hong Kong opposition is almost a dirty word. Uh, up, people in opposition is really part of government to give an alternative view, and I think in even in Singapore in Singapore Singapore case, when I was living there something like twenty thirty years ago, there was only one opposition member, Cham Si Tong. And now the Singapore opposition, the Workers' Party, is strengthening. I think it's absolutely a good thing for Singapore to make them take a second look. And the problem is the, the so-called opposition uh, in LegCo, even the pro-establishment, are very weak in, in formulating and, and challenging the uh, government properly. And this is the direction opposition must go towards, move towards. And developing policy, and the government has a role in encouraging this sort of uh, of, uh, of of strategic development in Lesko. Okay. Uh, well, thank you very much indeed for joining us this morning. Alan Lung there, Governor of the Path of Democracy. Chung King Wah, Deputy Chief Executive of the Hong Kong Public Opinion Research Institute. Thank you both very much indeed. Uh, just before we go, one more from Bowen, who says, uh, the new measures for the restaurants, the maximum number of those allowed to gather, and face masks seems necessary, so are the new measures for the ship's crews. According to the medical experts, the source of the present outbreak is the exempted groups, but the subsequent rapid spread might have something to do with relaxed attitudes due to fatigue. What's outrageous now is how the exempted groups have been allowed to be exempted for so long, uh, despite the warnings of the experts, as Dr Ho Pak Lung said. Anyone with common sense should have been able to foresee that the exemptions and their scale would surely lead to outbreaks. Matthew Chung's statement about the three-way tug, of tug of war between the prevention of outbreaks, the economic costs concerned and the acceptability to residents is perplexing. He should realise that these three considerations are not mutually exclusive, so if we hesitate to take certain measures because of the economic costs, this could directly cause an outbreak, which will be economically even more costly. So arguably, of the three considerations, the prevention of outbreaks should be given considerably more weight than the other two. It may not help to talk about political accountability in the present crisis, but there's also the important question of whether the government has listened to certain vested interest groups too much in apparently making the wrong decisions about the exemptions. That thought from Bowen. Thank you very much indeed. Ada, many thanks to you for uh, joining us this morning, to uh, Raphael for uh, seeing 
studio producing, to uh, Andy for pressing the buttons, and uh, to Michelle for uh, doing all the research and the guest getting uh, as ever. Here's the weather before we go. Uh, mainly fine, a couple of showers and some isolated thunderstorms around at first. It's going to be very hot again during the day. Temperatures up to about 33 degrees. Still very hot tomorrow. And then showers will increase gradually and there will be thunderstorms in the following few days. 30 degrees at the moment and the relative humidity at 74%. To prevent pneumonia and respiratory tract infection, always keep hands clean and wash hands for at least 20 seconds. Put the lid down before flushing. Add water to U-traps regularly. Cover your mouth and nose with a tissue when sneezing or coughing. Wear a mask and seek medical advice promptly if unwell. Fully cover your nose, mouth and chin with a mask. Visit chp.gov.hk to learn more. I'm 33, the news now with Samantha Butler. The chairman of the Langkai Fong Group says thousands of restaurants could close if the government's ban on dining in continues for more than three weeks. After reporting 145 new coronavirus cases yesterday, the government announced its strictest measures yet, which include restaurants only serving takeaways. Alan Zeman says 10% of the bars and restaurants in the Langkai Fong area have already closed down amid the pandemic. New Zealand has suspended its extradition agreement with Hong Kong. Foreign Affairs Minister Winston Peters also said New Zealand will treat military and dual-use goods and technology exports to Hong Kong in the same way as it treats those exports to mainland China. He said travel advice had been updated to alert New Zealanders to the risks presented by the new national security law that Beijing imposed on Hong Kong. And six Democratic Party mayors have urged the U.S. Congress to block the Trump administration from sending federal law enforcement agents to their cities. The signatories include the mayor of Portland, where there have been violent clashes between federal agents and anti-racism protesters. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. Stand by for the brew. Uh, sociology prof from the University. Set and costume designer, interpreter of Beethoven. To our oh-so-shy, quiet and retiring doggy council co-founder of Rockefeller Records. Hello. This is really for adults, it's not really for kids. Good morning. Yeah, well, it's fun. what's happening behind the myth. Good morning. Inter interviews and also observations. Absolutely no way. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. Well, a very good morning to you and welcome to Tuesday. I'm Phil Whelan. This is The Morning Brew. This is a day when we will be mostly talking to Aussies. A Kiwi. Kicking off after 10 sometime, Jared Watt will be with us. All of his news and a couple of Dinkum tracks. Well, three actually. Really good ones as well. 11.10, Dr. Marion Pierce on location once again after the stellar success of Toads last week. Today... We're going to be talking about Hong Kong's moths with lepidopterist Dr. Roger Kendrick. Of course, join us on Facebook Live. We've got some great pictures and who knows what else from Roger. 12.10, we're off to St. Kitts.